0: is the under center podcast and you're welcome back to the under center podcast uh dara here with you just for this section at least but i'm not alone i am delighted to be joined by the founder and editor-in-chief of football outsiders that's right we have aaron schatz on with us today aaron it's great to speak to you how are you sir
1: hey i'm good i'm ready to go with the season how are you doing
0: I am doing good. I am the same as well. Um, we spoke about it a little bit off air with six months now to wait for this season. And, you know, like you said, it, it is a kind of a nonstop thing for you, especially getting the, the book ready in the off season. And like you mentioned promoting it as well.
1: Yeah. So we work on the football outsiders almanac, which comes out in like early July. So we're working on that from late April. I'm working on my methods and improving things and, putting together data. And then from late April to early July, we're working on the book nonstop and then we're promoting the book nonstop. So it really is like the season never ends for us. Uh, But, uh, you know, things get into a very different rhythm once the games start next week. And I'm looking forward to games that count with players that matter.
0: Exactly. Uh, And one thing as well, especially with this off season, and I'm sure you you haven't, had to keep going back to sort of all the moves that have happened, because this has been one of the busiest off seasons that I can remember in recent history, for sure, with so many blockbuster trades, free agency moves, a contract extensions, you know, has there been sort of any moves that have taken your eye in terms of, in terms of fit for that team, or even for one that you've sort of maybe scratched your head at and thinking this can't possibly work out.
1: Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think as far as fit, there's some that are like, I mean, m- the best fit is when a guy fits a, a hole that a team clearly had, like Sebastian Joseph Day going to the Chargers when they gave up so many runs last year and they needed a run stopper who had played in a Brandon Staley defense before and they went out and got one. Um I think that Tyreek Hill going to Miami is fascinating because Miami was 31st in the league in yards after the catch last year, and now they have Mike McDaniel using the San Francisco offense, which led the league in yards after the catch last year, and Tyreek Hill should be a yak machine, and so that's really fascinating. I can't – I mean, I'd have to think for a while about one that, like, jumped out to me as, like, it really – like a, a, a signing that didn't make sense or a trade that didn't make sense. Nothing really jumps out in particular.
0: Well, this, this is just me, uh, Aaron, as a Seahawks fan, just waiting for you to tell me that the Aaron Wilson tra- or Aaron Russell Wilson trade is not going to work out. That's all. Oh, I want I, guess, to I
1: mean, That's <laughs> the answer, but that's a sort of a different issue. I mean, I feel like that's a different, that's like, they knew they were making a bad trade. Like he wanted out, and they had to get they had to send him out. So I feel like that doesn't quite count because it's not like they thought they were making a good trade. Nobody in their right mind would rather have Drew Locke than Russell Wilson. That they thought, you know, Russell's not going to play for us. We have let's get as much as we can for him.
0: Yeah, totally. I am. Yeah, you're right, and it has been written on the wall for a couple of seasons. And when it actually happens, you know you never feel like you've gotten enough for getting rid of a franchise quarterback, especially like Russell. But on with the offseason as well, uh, There's uh, like I mentioned a little bit, there's a lot of free agency moves that we see and a lot of money gets spent. And a team that I keep seeing is, is the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last couple of years kind of trying to throw money at things and seeing what sticks and what doesn't. And again, they've done it this offseason with the likes of Christian Kirk and, Dar- and uh, Darius Williams coming in and now with a different head coach and Doug Peterson there as well do you feel that now with with all these like free agency signings and Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson now does does this combination now work together where you can see the the Jacksonville Jaguars now sort of not being uh, the you know worst team in football
1: Yes, but I would put it a different way I would say with Trevor Lawrence and with Doug Peterson replacing urban Meyer, pause and you know some free agent additions sure i see jacksonville being better this year like i mean the big issues there are this is what i call my subjective case for the jacksonville jaguars it's not necessarily backed up by stats most of what i do is about stat metrics if we really believe that urban meyer was like the worst head coach in nfl history then going from him to doug peterson Is a massive upgrade. And if we really believe what we believed a year ago, which was Trevor Lawrence was a once in a decade quarterback prospect and the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, then once he gets normal coaching in a normal environment, he should dramatically improve over how good he was last year. Now, yeah, I mean, also Darius Williams is better than what they had at cornerback last year, and Christian Kirk is better than. Some of the wide receivers they had, you know, although DJ Chark is, is underrated, but of course he was injured last year. And I mean, you know, those things are true. But what really matters is Trevor Lawrence becoming the Trevor Lawrence that we thought he could be and much better coaching.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so then with other teams looking into it and from your research in this offseason, what sort of teams are you looking at heading into this uh new season that, um, that you're quite high on?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm the driver of the Philadelphia Eagles bandwagon. They are actually my NFC Super Bowl pick this year. Right. Okay. They have added a ton of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, with Hassan Reddick and James Bradbury and Kazir White and the rookies they drafted, and now C.J. Gardner-Johnson and getting Brandon Graham back from injury. And then the offense is added AJ Brown and they have the easiest projected schedule in the league. So I don't think they're going to be the best team in the NFC. I think they have the best chance of coming out of the NFC because I think they have the best chance of being the number one seed in the NFC because of their schedule.
0: Okay. And we, you mentioned the additions and everything that and With Jalen Hurts, there's still a lot of question marks with him as well. Are you sort of a a fan of Jalen Hurts when it comes to being a a franchise quarterback, or do you still think there's a few questions to be asked?
1: I don't know how good he can be. What I know is that last year he was an average passer with clear weaknesses, the middle of the field being the obvious one, and great running ability. Um, With the talent they have around him and the schedule they have, that's good enough. That's good enough. Now, if he – I mean – If he's a little bit better than that, that's great. If he's a lot better than that, I'll be surprised and that will really be great. But he's going to look better because he's got A.J. Brown to throw to now. I mean, it's an interesting question, right? Like, is the problem that Jalen Hurts didn't have the right people to throw to over the middle and A.J. Brown solves that? Or is the problem that Jalen Hurts can't throw over the middle and A.J. Brown is then not, you're not going to get as much value out of A.J. Brown as you thought you were going to get. I'm going to bet that it's the former, and that AJ Brown kind of unlocks hurts throwing in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I guess it all is dependent as well on AJ being fit, because if he has any injury issues like he's had in his last couple of years in, in Tennessee, the questions of Jalen will surface again, and especially since you said that you believe them to be um, your Super Bowl pick, and I think questions will go back will will start because if you go back to their playoff game last season against the Bucs that um, Jalen Hurts just was seen to sort of be that average quarterback that you mentioned.
1: NFL history is filled with teams that looked bad in the playoffs and improved the following year and made it all the way. And I will say they're my NFC Super Bowl pick. I don't – they're not my Super Bowl pick Like to win it all. My win it all pick is, like most people, the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah. Well, then, going from teams that were high on to teams that – we think are going to struggle this year is there any teams that maybe outside of the the ones that we expect like say the seahawks the, the um most most of the other teams as well? giants
1: and jets Panthers, giants jets, yeah uh, is we that, are is low that... on the arizona cardinals this year okay uh we uh they have like the hardest projected schedule in the league the opposite of philadelphia Uh, Their defense, for both statistical and personnel reasons, looks like it will decline significantly from last year. And their offense, over the course of an entire year, has never been really above average. They keep having these great first halves and these bad second halves, and no one quite knows why. But they are going to be without Hopkins for the first six games. And so, you know... They're going to struggle a little bit at the beginning and i don't know if their offense is going to be good enough to uh lift up the defense that we think is going to be much decline so uh with that in the schedule we have arizona falling we have arizona probably is our biggest follower this uh, from last year
0: yeah. yeah and and with that i think the way the schedule worked out that i think they don't face an NFC West opponent for the first six games anyway, for those Hopkins suspended games. and
1: That's true, but I don't think, we don't think they're going to be in the division race. So it doesn't matter that they're not going to lose division tiebreakers. They're not going to be in the race to win the division in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And they do, Uh, by the way, they have the Rams in week three and the Seahawks in mm -hmm. week six.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, So then move, then, Looking at a team that we were surprised at last year was the Cincinnati Bengals making it all the way to the Super Bowl, do we think with the Bengals that um it, it's I guess it'd be a natural sort of step down if they don't make the Super Bowl this year, but do you see much of a step down with them?
1: So the Bengals were a average team during the regular season last year, right? Remember they were the fourth seed, they were ten and seven, but you know they won some close games. Uh, They really were an average team. If you take away the last game where they sat their starters, they're a slightly above average team. Um, So they're going to be better than that this year. But they're not going to go on a run. It's very unlikely that they're going to go on a run in the playoffs where they win three straight close games and then lose a close game, which is what happened last year. So my guess is what's going to happen with Cincinnati is they're going to be better, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, where they have the improved offensive line but they're not going to look as good because they may end up with the same record but they're not they're not going back to the super bowl and so if you you know if you can't repeat as the afc champions you naturally don't look as good even if you're actually a better team
0: mm-hmm. and and in especially looking closer to them in their division with the see issues that the browns are going to have this year with with Deshaun Watson and, and now the steelers and not having a Ben Roethlisberger and having their quarterback competition between, it seems as though, uh, it's Mitchell Trubisky's job to lose too. Um, do we, do you foresee a Trubisky led Steelers still, um, posing a challenge in the division?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, their defense, we have their defense rebounding, but no overall, we we really like Baltimore in the AFC North Baltimore with, uh, much better health than they had last year. They uh, led all teams of the last 20 years in our adjusted games lost metric for injuries, and they would have led all teams of the last 20 years even if they had only played 16 games. So they are not going to be as injured as last year, and that will improve them. And remember how good they were in 2020 and especially in 2019. So we really like the Ravens to come out of the AFC North this year.
0: Yeah, and it was yeah it was a, a freaky sort of year last from, especially with the the running back injuries and we we hopefully J.K. Dobbins coming back um, will be sort of and Gus Edwards too will sort of be those you know lead running backs that will help get the the Ravens back to to their um to the top in terms of on the outside though with the Ravens and and their wide receiver position you know Marquise Brown was sent off in the offseason, who, who are you looking at to being the lead receiver outside of, of Mark Andrews now this year?
1: Yeah, that's the problem with the Ravens, right? The weakness is the receivers and we're all supposed to just believe them, right? They're like, no, really, these guys are really good. We swear. And we are all supposed to believe that, that it's true. Even though, you know, we love, everybody loved Rashad Bateman coming out of Minnesota. He had a good rookie year. He is absolutely their number one receiver. He is underrated in fantasy football. He's going to get a ton of targets. Everybody else, we're kind of just taking Baltimore's word for it. Sure, Devin DuVernay is going to be much better this year. Sure, James Prochet is going to be much better this year. Like, oh, Isaiah Likely is going to be a breakout stud as the second tight end. And despite the fact that rookie tight ends don't put up good numbers historically, and like we're kind of just believing them about all that. So that is, I mean, the biggest question about the Ravens is definitely the receivers. Yeah. Uh, and
0: on wide receivers as a whole, we've seen a, a debate form this offseason that um, about rookie wide receivers versus paying veteran wide receivers because of the, the, the contracts of Debo, DK, um, AJ Brown, um, and I'm forgetting the last person. Um,
1: uh, Aj Brown, Debo, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Tyree. Adams, uh, Devontae
0: Adams, Terry yeah.
1: McLaurin, De'Vante Oh my yeah. god! Everybody they, getting paid. Yes. Yeah, and
0: um, they they, got, uh, got they were, everyone got paid. Yeah, they were from the the same draft year as well. But um, the, the debate has been that college receivers now are coming in with a, sort of a better base that they can um. You know, they can actually make plays in the NFL sooner. We've seen it with uh, Traylon Burks now being the guy in Tennessee and them allowing A.J. Brown to go. Where are you sort of on that debate where teams might be leaning towards drafting receivers than than giving them these bumper new deals?
1: I wish I had an easy answer for you because I had thought through this a lot and I had a definite answer. I don't know the answer to this question. It is a tough one because – Uh, These guys are getting paid so much money, but they are really productive and wide receiver is a really important position. And you can hit on a wide receiver, but you can also miss on one, right? If you get rid of your star wide receiver and replace him with a first round pick, it's possible. You'll get close to, if not the same production for much cheaper, which is what happened with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. It's also possible you end up with McKeel Harry or Jalen Rager. Like it's, it's, it's a gamble. I think it really depends on where your team is in the salary cap and the team development curve as to what's the best answer for you, whether you want the, the, the star or whether you want the youngster. It's tough, but there's no question that Green Bay and Kansas City, like those offenses, Tennessee's too, they're going to lose something by losing these stars. They didn't want to pay these guys, and they're going to lose something by losing these stars. The replacements they have in Kansas City are not as good as Tyreek Hill. The replacements they have in Green Bay are not as good as Devontae Adams. Yeah, uh, and
0: and on staying with with the rookies, what sort of rookies are look are taking football outsiders' eye this year in terms of early uh, early players in the running for defense and I'm an offensive rookie of the year.
1: Well, I mean, Offensive Rookie of the Year, if you want to bet on it, it really helps to bet on a quarterback. And Kenny Pickett may not have the starting job right away, but he's still the most likely to start the most games this year. So I think he's still a good bet. Our uh, our um, our college to pro projection systems love uh, Brees Hall of the Jets, uh, love Garrett Wilson of the Jets, love Traylon Burks. But the issue with the Traylon Burks asthma and stuff has us kind of really questioning what what that guy's dealing is. Uh, I know people are really excited about George Pickens, but he's still the third receiver with a bad quarterback. I can't imagine that he's going to be rookie of the year. I know people are excited about Romeo Dobbs, but you know, you, you can't count on fourth round receivers to be stars. It's there, you know, it's unlikely no matter how good he looked in the preseason, but I mean, I like Garrett Wilson. I like Drake London. Um, I like Brees Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a defensive rookie of the year. You asked about defensive rookie of the yeah. year. Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is the best bet. Uh, he's a stud. Um, I mean, there's so many good players. Uh, I mean, I, an interesting uh, dark horse is Nick Cross, who's a safety, a later round safety, who's actually going to start for Indianapolis. I mean, safeties don't win rookie of the year very much, but if he puts up a lot of tackles and a few interceptions, he could win it. He's like a plus 10,000 long shot. Okay. Okay.
0: Actually that that um just brings actually to a point that, um I hadn't planned to ask but I'll ask you qu- qu- really quickly because last week we did an AFC South prediction uh our preview uh, uh into the new season. Um, and I actually had I'm a little down on the Colts this year. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's the constant QB carousel or if it's just the uh, the wide receiver uh, talent that that they seem to be missing. But they were a team that I was quite low on, but a team that I was high on. Maybe as a sleeper team, not to do much, but I think better to that will surprise a few people could be the Houston Texans. Uh, how do football outsiders feel about those two teams?
1: Yeah, we have the whole AFC South down this year. We don't like any of the teams in our projections and our simulations. None of the teams average better than eight, eight and a half wins. Um, I agree with you about Houston. Here's the thing about Houston. I don't think they can win. They're likely to win the division, but they're going to be better than people think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they have like a four or four and a half over under number in Vegas. They're going to be better than that. They have a lot of mediocre talent and mediocrity does not go four and 13. That's that's bad. Bad and mediocre are different. Mediocrity goes seven and ten. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I if you put a gun to my head and made me pick a team in that division, I would pick Indianapolis. But I gave you my, you know, my story about Jacksonville. I, I think all the teams are going to be disappointing. Uh, I would not be shocked to see the entire AFC West have better records than the entire AFC South.
0: OK. Okay, and you no know, you naturally brought on to just two quick questions. Then before we let you go, there, Aaron, and then that's the first with the AFC West. Um, I had a look at your your preview there a couple of days ago, and and you had the the Chargers as the the winners at the AFC West, and with the obviously with the Russell Wilson move and sort of like with the Tyreek move away from the Chiefs and Adams to the to the Raiders, like what what brought you to the to the conclusion that. That the Chargers are going to be number one in the West.
1: Uh, we really like the improvement on their defense. We really like this what they've added with J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack and Kyle Van Noy and um, Sebastian Joseph Day, and um, their offense is powerful. And then we we have the Chiefs number two. Look at the schedule difference between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Okay, every team has three games that you play different from the other teams in your division, okay? For those three games, the Chiefs have the Bengals, the Bills, and the Buccaneers. For the same three games, the Chargers, because they were in third place, get the Browns with Jacoby Brissett, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Miami Dolphins. You would rather be the Chargers. Yeah.
0: No, definitely, definitely 100%. Um, finally, then, before we go, um, I know we're a little out recording this, but um, uh, the first game of the season is going to be, of course, the Rams and the Bills. Um, you are, Obviously, you mentioned that the Bills are going to be your – super bowl pick for this year they are uh, obviously one of the the best defenses in the league as well and then with the rams and cooper cup especially with all the records that he broke last year what do you see sort of happening in this game uh first of all and then um with both teams maybe further on in the season
1: it is really going to be a test of the bills secondary to cover cooper cup without uh Tredavious white Who's on PUP? I mean, they are really going to either Taron Johnson has to cover him as the nickelback, or it's got to be the rookie, Kair Elam. Um, and I think that that is going to be tough. Um, I mean, there's no doubt, uh, you know, the Bills are a much broader and deeper team than the Rams. Like, that's why they're my Super Bowl favorite. They have a top five projection in offense, defense, and special teams, and they're deep, like, they can withstand injury. But in week one, it doesn't matter how much you could withstand injury because everyone's healthy. So I actually kind of like the Rams in this game at home. I mean, the Rams are the home team uh, and they have the energy of, uh, you know, teams that are hosting after winning a Super Bowl actually tend to win by like an extra point or two over the spread over the last few years. Um, And like I said, I'd be worried about I mean, I don't one of the big questions about the Rams is Allen Robinson looked bad in Chicago last year, not bad quarterbacks. Like he looked bad. And it's a real question as to what Allen Robinson, the Rams are getting. But if the Rams are getting a good Allen Robinson, when you combine that with Cooper cup, like, I don't know how the Bills secondary is going to have a hard time covering that without Tredavious white and without Levi Wallace, who they let leave in free agency. Yeah. Oh,
0: perfect. And, and, A quick one, I guess an MVP, if it's going to be the Bills to win it, have Josh Allen as a prospective MVP.
1: I still would always pick Mahomes as my MVP favorite. I feel like Mahomes is the best quarterback. Yes, he had a down year last year. But overall, if you look at the last two or three years, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I will pick Mahomes to win the MVP every year until he proves he's definitely not the best quarterback in the league for more than one year. For more than one year, I would pick Mahomes.
0: Excellent. Listen, Aaron, it's, it's been great to speak to you for, the, for this last uh, 20 minutes. We really appreciate it. Before we do let you go, anyone interested in getting the, this year's edition of the Almanac, where can they get it?
1: Football Outsiders Almanac 2022 is this big, thick book, over 550 pages. So you can buy the physical book on Amazon, and I'm sure it's available on Amazon Ireland or Amazon UK, as well as Amazon in the US. I don't remember what the price is in Euros. Uh, It's $29.99 in the U.S. But you can also get the electronic version by coming an FO Plus subscriber. So that's footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. And we've added a bunch of cool new stuff to FO Plus. You get the Almanac. You get the Kubiak fantasy football draft tool. You get in-season projections and picks against the spread and fantasy football research tools. You also now get a new column by Derek Klassen previewing every game every week from a film perspective. And you get new filter by week of features in our DVOA database and an ad free experience. So footballoutsiderscom slash subscribe. That's on sale 10% off until the beginning of the season.
0: Excellent stuff. Uh, Aaron once again thank you so much for the time we really hope uh you enjoyed the start of the season and the whole season in general and um hopefully we can have you on again in the near future absolutely uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll be uh, looking ahead to uh the first week of the NFL season